Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, you do better. And that's a quote by the fabulous Maya Angelou. Welcome, welcome, welcome again. Oh gosh, now I sound like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> welcome to the Profitable Photographer. I'm super excited to introduce you and to get to know Anne-Marie Schumate. Um, before I do, I just want to thank everybody for helping me celebrate that 100th episode a couple of weeks ago. And to remind you that I have a private group called The Profitable Photographer, would love for you to join. And I love feedback and also recommendations for other great guests. So that being said, here we go with my intro for my fabulous guest. <laughs> Anne-Marie Shoemate has owned the lasting, not the lasting images, lasting images photography for over 17 years. She's a dynamic collector of stories and experiences, a PPA master and certified professional photographer. She has won numerous international awards and been in the PPA loan collection, the showcase book, and the general collection receiving merits through the Professional Photographers of America. She also mentors photographers all over the country. And I bet because Anne-Marie, I have listeners in 73 countries, so I bet you could mentor all over the world, right? Absolutely. Yes. What yeah. a fun thing. 73 <laughs> countries. I'm impressed. Lucy. Yeah. Awesome. I'm impressed with my own self. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, you know, we're, it's one world. And in this industry, we have a camaraderie and a, a shared need, you know, things, things are similar wherever we go. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. In fact, I was thinking today about how I follow photographers on Instagram from all over the world. And I'm inspired by the beautiful things that they're creating in their own um, corners. It's really, really uh, inspiring for me, for sure. Yes. I think, I don't, I don't know, 17 years, were the Australian people just starting to like rock everyone's world uh you know who was really rocking our world back then was Yervant and everything Yervant and he's still of course an amazing photographer but everything Yervant was doing just took my breath away yes. he had this amazing album design software that really changed my studio permanently I wish it was still around if it is someone mm -hmm. let me know because yeah. that was a great product and right. yes, the Australians right. were definitely killing it over there. Yes. So there was a point, it maybe goes back a little farther than 17 years, where the Australians were going way outside of the box. When in, in the US, our work was still kind of pretty tried and true. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, WPPI, the, the magazine Rangefinder, was showing this work where people were being outrageously creative and just doing things that no one else was doing. And I just love that 
even though we didn't have the internet when this started, we had these professional organizations that supported us uh, internationally. So anyway, little, little segue. So the moral of that story is check out people in other countries. Ooh, and also something you know, but many of the listeners may not know, there is an international photographic competition and yeah. um, it's astounding. It's like each country enters images and then there are, are these international awards. And it, if you, I don't have the website address for that, but probably if you Google international photographic print competition, you, you'll just. I'll bet if you Google world cup too. Oh, um, so it's called the world cup. World Cup of Photographic. I'm just Googling while we're talking because that's what I do. Don't we all do this now? So it's www.worldphotographiccup.org. So you can go and look at the galleries and the finalists and the winning images. And yeah, I love the World Photographic Cup images. It's a a wonderful new thing that's been created in the last 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Okay. So quick bio where did you come from how did this all start for you sure so i actually my dad was a diplomat i grew up all over the world as a young child and my dad was 50 when he had me when he and my mom um, got married my mom is 25 years younger and um, he was a serious amateur photographer i remember my dad's leica camera i remember lots and lots of pictures being taken of beautiful places that we traveled to. And then he retired when I was a pretty young child. And we moved to a little town in Arizona called Prescott. Mm. Uh, Crazy, crazy uh, early childhood stories, you know, where you go from this world traveler to this little tiny town living on a dirt road in a very quiet uh, part of the world. And so that's kind of where I got started. From there, I had relatives who were professional photographers, but really it was just, I had a love for it from a young age and fast forward um, to about 17, 18 years ago, I wanted to do this. And with the encouragement of my family, I went for it and opened my studio, started studying everything I could find, joined PPA. And really from there, I have just had the most amazing clients and experiences. I've heard stories and created images for people that I deeply care about, both in Texas, where I worked for the last 15 years, as well as back in Prescott, we moved back to our hometown. My dad is now 105 years old. Wow. And he's still around. He's still, he's still kicking and doing a a lot of really, really inspiring things for those who know him. So glad to be back here. And I, I restarted my business here. So we're actually just signed a lease and are getting ready to open a new retail space here in Prescott. Oh. So kind of full circle. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, I think it's pretty cool that I brought up the international photographers and it turns out you had an international dad. So <laughs> that's yes. cool. Okay, yeah. so another quick question. You mentioned you're a dynamic collector of stories and experiences. What is that 
mean? Like, why is that that's, in your professional question. bio? That's such a great question. So um, we were sitting in state convention for Arizona PPA, um, of which I'm on the board, and Brian Welsh from Oregon. Have you had Brian on your show? I'm sure you yes. have. Yeah. Okay. So Brian was talking about how to um, how to pitch who you are and what you do. And he asked us to come up with a very succinct uh, way of expressing your core feelings, your core beliefs about what you are. And that's what I came up with. And when I wrote it down, I went, wow, I really like that because that really sums up everything about who I've been since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. I love people. I love their stories. I love getting to know what makes them tick and why they do what they do. And I really, really think that that love for people has driven the business that I have created over the last 17 years. So, um, and the dynamic part is because I've never met a stranger. I'm not only listening, but I'm asking questions. I really am a collector of stories and then I love to travel. So I collect experiences as well. I think uh, that's why we're here. We're here to yeah. connect with each other and to experience the world around us in a, in a magical way. And then and then head out into the sunset. That's why we're here. <laughs> I love it. Well, you and I have a lot in common because, so my dad was a pastor. Uh, mm -hmm. People that listen regularly know this. And he, he never met a stranger, nor did my mom. And so I developed that, that deep interest in people. And uh, I'm like, probably like you, I'm that person on an airplane that uh -huh. somebody's like, my gosh, I've told you things I've never told anyone else or. Yes. I'm part therapist and part photographer. And my yeah. husband, he'll say to me, cause he, we, we share an office a lot of the time and, and he'll say to me from the other side of the room, why did they tell you that? Or why, you know, cause I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on a zoom call or whatever. And, and I, I'll just say, I think it's because they know that I deeply care right. about them and their family. And so, mm -hmm. and also I'm a vault. So, you know, I have some really core uh, beliefs about how I run my business. And one of those beliefs, of course, is that uh, when you care for someone, you, you are trusted with their story and you, you don't repeat it unless they have, have allowed you to. And so you know, I, I think just being trustworthy and, and your clients being able to count on you or your people being able to count on you for that is, uh, it's part of what I do. It took me a while to figure out what you meant by a vault. I was thinking pole vaulting. You know, thinking, <laughs> no, she has a lot of energy, but I don't know if that's what she does. <laughs> um, so you might want to be a little careful, Anne-Marie, because you might end up having a podcast because really that's exactly how this ended up being something so natural for me I is because that. I truly like you love to meet new people and, and know their stories and learn from them and, and make new friends. I love that part. Yes. And it sounds like we have that in common with our photography business as well. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit more um, yes. in a little bit. One of the things that you mentioned that you love to share about and that you've done mm -hmm. conferences on or workshops is about the, you're calling them the pain points in business. And just uh, to uh, define that term, uh, when we chatted a little earlier, it's not the, the, like the story brand, find out people's pain points and then have your marketing address the pain points. This is something different. So can you tell me about that? And absolutely. So 
Uh, the analogy that I used, and because I love home and des design, I really resonated with this is, you know, when you go into a home and there's a thick, soft, deep shag carpet on the living room floor. And if it's a home that you know well, and you feel comfortable, you might slip your shoes off and just walk on that carpet and just feel how amazing that carpet feels. And if you walk a little bit and you hit a carpet tack or a sharp something in the rug, maybe someone left a staple in the rug or, or something like that, it causes you to jerk, you know, just almost like stop in your tracks and look around and think, okay, that was not great. I did not love that. But maybe if, you know, you take a minute and think, okay, I, I'm probably all right. I'm going to keep going. You keep walking on that rug. And if you hit another one of those tacks or those sharp, whatever they are, you're off the rug. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that a lot of us don't realize the pain that we're causing our clients or ourselves. We just keep doing the same things over and over again and wondering why we're not getting the results that we want. And it takes some introspection. It takes some thought about the business you're running, your workflow, the images that you're presenting, and even just the manner in which you live your life. Um, it takes some examination of those things to understand what might be causing your clients some pain. So can you give some examples and then how there's resolved and Absolutely. yes, yes. Well, I have a question, a follow-up question, but I won't like um, lead the witness. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's, I guess, really one of the reasons why I say I love my Angelou's quote, when we know better, we do better so much because until we look, we can't see. And if we, if we don't know, well, there is that age old, you know, truth that we don't know what we don't know. So we'll get yeah. into all of that. But, um, I definitely think you have to start off with, first of all, what is it you're trying to become? And then, and from there, where are you at right now? How is it going? So you, you look around, you start thinking to yourself, what's, what's working and what's not. I'll tell you some common tacks as I call them. Um, one of them is within your own self. It's your own limiting beliefs. Maybe you have a desperation mindset and you know, this last year could certainly have led us, um, to go to that dark hole of having mm -hmm. a desperation mindset. Don't you agree, Lucy? Absolutely. What, what's the term you used? Um, a desperation mindset or desperation beliefs. Yeah. Yes. I've heard of uh, the limiting beliefs. I like that desperation mindset and Yo, go the ahead. Thing, the thing that's um, so true is when we have that, it creates energy and that energy repels. It does yes. not attract. It totally does. And I've seen it in action. So I think that the, for instance, the desperation mindset I see a lot of people really um, in their corner with their hands tightly closed, not really wanting to share, not wanting to be a part of, for instance, an affiliate, a local affiliate, because that's their competition, um, not really wanting to get involved with connecting with other people in their community who might um, be in the same industry because they're jealous of you know, their success and, and they don't really want to engage life is not a zero sum game. And so if you just know in your heart that there is enough for all of us and take that breath and really breathe through that fear that there's not enough for you, you can kind of dispel some of that desperation mindset. 
Um, the other thing is, you know, we in 17 years and, and Lucy, you've been in business longer than I have bad things happen sometimes. I mean, we've mm. all had technology fail. We've had cameras. I, I was at a wedding one time and my assistant's camera, the mirror fell out of it. And because uh -huh. I had not engaged in a desperation mindset, I was able to call a colleague who is also a competitor and ask her if she had a camera we could borrow super quick. And in five minutes, she came and handed me her main camera and said, use it for as long as you need it. I don't have anything going on tonight. Mm -hmm. Bring it back to the studio when you're done. Right. Those kinds of, of relationships and connections serve us so, so well. And, um, and they help us push away that desperation mindset right. that you're right, repels our clients. I mean, nobody wants to do business with someone who doesn't believe that they're going to be successful or right. that there is enough for them. Right. Or there, have you heard that term um, commission breath? I haven't. Tell me about that. So, uh, you know, we're on commission basically, uh -huh. <laughs> but if you think about a salesman, the term, you know, is more like, like a car salesman uh -huh. where they, they're, they've got this something so eager to try to make that sale so they can get their commission. Yeah. Skipping the fact that to get that you need to be in the service mode Yes. And that you can almost, it's almost like bad breath in a way without. That is the truest statement, <laughs> yes. And really, um, you talked about story brand and about marketing to your client's pain points. And that's a, a really interesting and wonderful book. I love the, the thoughts that are in, um, in, in that. But when we are in service to our clients and we're solving a problem for them, we're not out to make X number of dollars or, or earn that commission. We're there to help them get what they started wanting at the beginning of this process. And we want them to have that thing, whatever that is, we need to have it in the right size and in the right product and in the right way. And whatever that means money-wise is a side issue to me. I right. am more about the person and, and am I going to have them leave this experience feeling that they were cared for and that they had something amazing created for themselves or their family. Right. Yep. You guys, you guys, you and I are a lot alike. I love uh -huh. that. And, and Anne Marie, I can't wait until we can be at a convention together and hang out and wear yeah. our stripes. Yes. Um, I'm looking Absolutely. at our, our pictures on Zoom and we're both wearing black and white stripes. Uh, <laughs> I love stripes, but well, because I love contrast. I yeah. love black and white. So yeah. it's, uh, it's stripes, a natural. Stripes are the new black. Um, anyway, uh, so what are some examples of the client pain points that we address? Such a great question. Um, one of those examples is, is really easy to see when you have someone who's new. Um, you know, when you have spent all this time as a mom getting ready for a, a, an event and you get in front of the service provider, whatever, whoever, whatever it is, and they don't seem to have their act together. Mm. And you spent all this effort to get everybody to this place. And then the person on the other end who's supposed to be delivering something for you isn't prepared, is really nervous and can't quite seem to make everything flow, isn't familiar with the technology, whatever it is, you know, that's one of the first ones I would say is nervousness and lack of confidence 
um, with your clients. So if we if we have either lack of being prepared mm-hmm. or lack lack of experience, or um, I would say also if we're if we're gonna try something new that we haven't actually tried with our camera before, right? right. Um, or or we're taking on an assignment, and I'm not sure if this is where you were going with that, but mm-hmm. taking on an assignment, we're not confident that we can achieve the results that we've committed to. Is that, is that where right, you're right. going and, with that? And, and really confidence in the business that you've created, confidence in your pricing, confidence in the systems that you've put into place and in your policies and procedures, all of that confidence adds up to a client being able to exhale when they're, when they're working with you. They have enough on their plates. Our clients, my, my ideal client is a very busy, very successful working professional with a family. Mm-hmm. And, and it, whether, whether it's mom or dad, they don't have time to worry about the things that you should be worrying about. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure when they, when they call me and say, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to have this family portrait session, for instance. Well, we are going to walk them through all the pieces of that, that they're not sure about all the things that they are not professionally trained in are the things I'm going to take care of for them. Obviously they know their children and that's great, but can I help them with clothing selection and placement on the wall for that finished portrait and how to select the best image that we're going to hang on that wall and where the best location is and what time of the day that should be. All of those things are things I've been trained in. So if, if you get to a session and you're not prepared, you don't have the right equipment because you forgot, you didn't run through your checklist and you left something really important at home. You know, we've, we've all done that, but if we do it consistently over and over again, our clients are not going to get consistent results. They're certainly not going to get what they're seeing on your website. And if there's a disconnect between what you've told them you're going to do, and then what you actually provide for them, whether that's in how long it takes or what your images actually look like or your level of communication with them, those are all pain points that you can't shake off very easily and that they will tell everyone about. Right, right. And I'm sure you know this truism that kind of from what you've said, it's more clear to me why this is like this. Mm -hmm. I find that the less people pay, the more difficult they are. I have also found that to be and true. I, I think that in what you just said is when someone is not paying us very much and they're going to get the whole world for that price, mm-hmm. they're lacking confidence that we're professional. Yes. And there's a lot of mistrust in your ability to do for them. And so they micromanage and worry and fret about every piece of that. I, I, obviously started somewhere and that somewhere was with a much lower price point that I'm at right now. And I will say over the years that um, my ideal client has come to me because they don't want to worry about that minutia. But if someone has had a bad experience with another professional photographer and they have had to worry about, am I ever going to see my images? Cause it's taken four months for me to even get a word back from my photographer. Or, you know, when I finally did get the images, 
they weren't retouched very well, or, Mm -hmm. you know, all I've ever gotten is a disc. What do you mean? You don't sell discs. You know, I obviously don't sell discs anymore, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Having having those kinds of experiences in the past can really color um, someone's future with you. And and so it really depends on what their past experience has been. So I really try and help them understand that really I'm, I am here to help you. I'm your consultant. I'm the professional who's going to advise you. Right. And I'm not going to try and sell you something that you don't need or mm-hmm. want. Yes. So overall, when you're charging higher amounts, there's a general consensus that we have less difficult clients. It's not that every client who doesn't invest very sure. much is going to be hard. And I'm thinking about when I've hired someone to do work around my home mm-hmm. and the person is very inexpensive, I'm more apt to watch him more closely or her because I'm assuming that the reason they're not charging three times more might have to do with experience or, or you skill. Know, skill following through the yeah. materials they use. I'm not as trusting. So the moral of this story that I'm guessing you agree with is it actually serves our clients to charge a professional living wage rate so that our clients can relax and know that we've got this. Oh, absolutely. And the, the business that I created is a very um, high touch point business. So we are deeply involved with every aspect of what is done. I personally deliver, we have professional installers who hang your artwork for you because that's a pain point. My clients don't want to hang their own pictures up. When I started hearing, oh my goodness, six months later, you still haven't put that on the wall. Well, my husband's really busy and we've got soccer and I don't know how to do it. And I don't have the right hangers, all the things, right. That your clients Mm -hmm. would say, well, I went to a, a, an imaging USA and I heard a a speaker say this like 15 years ago. I had my client had that pain point. And so we have a professional installer instead. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness, that that is a pain point for my clients as well. And I immediately changed that. And you should see the look of relief on dad's face when he's sitting in that sales meeting with me. And I say, and don't worry, John, you're not going to have to hang a thing because our Mm. bonded installer is going to come in and hang this giant collage of canvases, seven canvases that have to be precisely hung in this, in this layout that I've designed for your family. And he's sweating until he realizes, oh no, that's not going to be you. That's mm. going to be the guy who does it all day long. So yeah, there, there are definitely um, reasons to charge a living wage. And one of them is to provide your clients with the service that allows them to live their life and not worry about the stuff they don't need to worry about and allows you to have the business of your dreams, right? Uh, That too. Something that you brought out though, that I hadn't thought about before quite in the same way is that it gives them, they can breathe out because they figure if these are your prices, you're probably great at what you do. So like I have a coaching client Um, or I did in the past, so nobody active thinks this is them, (laughs) (laughs) that just has the hardest time charging an actual profitable amount. And I have tried to help her see that by 
by making it more of an investment, it's actually going to be a benefit to them. And whatever her fears are, you know, that's like, we all have those. And it is sometimes, you know, these money blocks, that's a whole other conversation. Sure and, it is. Yeah. And such, but, but service, service, service. I love how you actually, as we're having this discussion, you are bringing out things that then we can use mm-hmm. for our marketing about the level of service yes. that, that we offer. Um, but what I'm hearing is it starts with thinking about maybe what we're not doing well and improving those things so that we can solve that. I, I never have provided the service of, um, and I don't use the word hang. So displaying the portraits. It's an installation. Installing. Installation. Yes. Because there were a lot of my San Diego friends were going to people's homes and doing it themselves. And most of my clients are in neighborhoods that are farther away and with traffic, it can be half a day round trip. And I never thought about finding a professional installer Mm -hmm. and including that in the service or, or providing that as an upgrade option or something. So I love that. It's, it's definitely something that's been a game changer. And you mentioned um, your client, your coaching client who was not able to get in their head uh, the ability to price accordingly. That's a limiting belief. That is definitely one of those limiting beliefs. I'm so expensive. Who's going to pay these prices? And, you know, based on your personal money history, as you said, we can talk about that for an hour all on its own. Um, You really have to think about what do I not know that I need to know about Mm. money? Um, Write down your limiting beliefs and realize that if you believe it, then it's true for you, whether it's true across the board or not. So really, that's one of those things you really do have to sit down and think, what is holding me back? Is it fear? Is it that I'm not, I don't think I'm worthy of success. Is it that I have no support system? Maybe nobody around me thinks I'm going to be successful at this. And so I'm constantly almost like walking through mud, trying to move forward. Those are all things that, that you can be going through and realize I'm going to have to shift some things. Some Mm -hmm. things are really going to have to change. And I'm going to have to move through these limiting beliefs. I started following um, a speaker after she came and spoke at Imaging USA a few years back. Her name is Mel Robbins. Oh my gosh. Yes. That? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. The five second rule to overcome the inertia and the, the mental neural pathways within your brain that are keeping you from moving out of the rut you're in right now. That five second rule. Highly recommend you looking into that and, and doing some research on how to get out of your own way that Mm -hmm. I really think we're in our own way a lot of the time. Oh yeah. I love the book overcoming under earning. Oh, that sounds good. I'm writing that one down. Overcoming under earning. Okay. And then of course you're a badass Mm -hmm. uh, Jan Sincero and then her you're a badass with money. And then I skimmed the, um, you know, on Amazon, you can take a peek inside the book called get rich, lucky be. I don't want to say that word, okay. um, but uh, it looks incredible. So yes, um, something that just dawned on me um, mm-hmm. in the fear, like 
some of the things holding people back that come up when I'm helping people process mm -hmm. what they're afraid of. So often it comes up with the fear of being told no. <laughs> I actually just had someone share with me such a great analogy about this. Okay. Because I think I, I think we're all like this. And also as artists, it's not that they're saying no to, you know, the widget that we designed on our assembly line. They're saying no to us. They're saying no to a piece of our soul that we created and right. put on paper for them. And mm -hmm. so it's a lot more painful when we are rejected. And so I think that is something that we have to sort of deal with mentally. But the analogy was when you're out at a restaurant eating and you've had an amazing meal and the waiter or waitress comes to you, the wait person, I guess is a better term, comes to you at the end of the meal and says, would you like dessert? Often, I'm so full, I will look up and say, no, not tonight, thank you. Mm -hmm. And the person that was telling me this analogy said, does the waiter go back to the back and cry <laughs> right. if you don't order dessert? Yeah. And I was like, no. Yeah. Like, Why do we get so upset? just offer, just offer, just make the offer. And if they say no, it's just no, it's not no. And also you suck, right? <laughs> right. Right. I, I love, um, I don't know where I heard this first, but some conference, I'm sure mm -hmm. that there's four kinds of people. Maybe it was mm -hmm. Ken Whitmire. I mentioned him a lot because I miss him and I wish he we're still with us so I could interview him, but at least we can pass on yes. this wisdom that there's four kinds of people, people who will love what we do and have the money for it mm -hmm. and willing to spend it. People who love what we do, but they cannot possibly find a way to afford it. Mm -hmm. People that don't love or value photography that have the money and then people who don't have the money and wouldn't want it, even if it was free. So mm -hmm. When I hear a no, if, so I look at, have I fully done my job? If I yes. get a no, have I explained to them? Have I timed it right? Have I not jumped too soon into money talk before they're excited? You know, have right. I exuded that confidence? And then if I have, and they say no, then I can figure, thank you mm -hmm. for going away because you're not in category one. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the no is I love it. We just can't afford it. And sometimes it's just, yeah, we're, we're not interested in that. Like the yes, wanting prints versus digital. Okay. If I have done everything I can to help them understand why the full service and mm -hmm. prints in their homes and generations getting to enjoy these, you know, if I've done everything I can to convey the value and it's a no, then we get saved from working with people that don't value what we do. That's a great point. I also think category two is a valuable category for us to pay attention to. People who love what we do, but can't quite afford it. I, I am definitely not the cheapest game in town and I haven't been for a long time. And I had clients who would save for an extraordinary amount of time to be able to come once every well, sometimes once, sometimes once every five years. Mm -hmm. um, but what I did was realize that those people often were some of my biggest sneezers. They were some of the people who would talk about me and show my work and mm -hmm. evangelize for me more than, than most. 
And so I would create opportunities to engage them in my artistic vision and give them an, a, a way to experience lasting images photography that I didn't have to discount. So for mm -hmm. instance, if I was doing a personal project or working on a competition image and I had a client that I knew um, could not afford purchasing something, but had a great look or had a child that I really wanted to work with, well, I'm not gonna give anything away. I'm not going to discount it because then that obviously is, is not great for your brand or for your business. Um, but I am gonna draw them in and say, can we do this as a, a modeling opportunity? And in exchange for my model, um, you know, giving her time, this is the product or the, or the thing that we're offering um, for that. And so giving those opportunities to people who would love to engage with you on a more um, you know, regular basis or would love to buy everything that you're selling. And then I've had people who started off in category two and something changed. Their husband got a great big promotion. They, they, their business improved, whatever. They moved into category one. So I really do try not to, uh, not to let anyone in category two who wants to engage um, be limited from doing that. Right. I love that. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And I also love that uh, we don't want to assume mm -hmm. based on what we know about people or the car they drive or they wear. Um, I've even in my coaching, I've been surprised at the people who are on a more limited budget who go all in with coaching mm -hmm. and people who in our discussion, I know they have like oodles of savings and then they say you know no it's not in their budget like I would assume that somebody that that has a certain anyway it's a mistake to assume we just absolutely put out our best um something else that that came up uh when you were talking mm -hmm. I've heard this over and over and maybe you have too people saying I want to be of service. So I don't want to charge a lot because I want to be able to have people with modest incomes be able to have portraits. Have you heard people say that before about why? I have, I have heard that before. And, um, and that's how I have decided to engage with group two is um, by creating experiences or or um, moments, modeling opportunities, whatever it is, so that they can also be a part of the Lasting Images family, but I'm not running a charity. Right. And I absolutely believe that running a successful and profitable business allows me to be even of more service um, to, the, to the members of my community. Yeah. I have been engaged in charity work. We have done a ton of you know, really cool engagement um, with the community over the years that I couldn't do if I were scrambling to pay the rent every month because I couldn't make my business successful. Wow, so I just, you just uh, said what I had in, in, in my head and my heart too, um, mm. but even more eloquently than I was gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I found was, because um, I have that heart for giving, I'm sure- I do too. Sure yes. You do too, and so, I use that heart for people that truly could not mm -hmm. in any way afford what I do and then provide opportunities. And like you said, because I make a good living with clients who can well afford or they find a way mm -hmm. 
then I can take the time and have the sessions with them and even gift them prints. Uh, I, especially kids are my heart. And so I've done work with uh, San Diego County adoption. They used to have the, the heart gallery program oh. uh, around the country. Mm-hmm. And um, I photographed a family that had two uh, kids with life-threatening illnesses. Mm-hmm. So they don't even have $50 to, to invest in photographs. And it was just such a delight to work with this family and know that whatever happens with their kids' health, that they've got these portraits that they'll always be able to remember. Um, so yeah, it, we want to use, use our heart for service in ways that really serve mm-hmm. people. And what I hear you saying also is serve yourself, serve your family, serve the life that you want to create here in this world. Absolutely. Because one of the other tasks is burnout and we have all been there. I have been there a couple of different times and, and being in burnout because you have overcommitted, you have overscheduled, you have overpromised, and then you are, you're, you're locked in at that point. Um, or you, or you just, you know, blow everything out of the water and ruin your business. I mean, those are your options, right? Yes. So you're staying up all night editing, you're doing all the things to get the, you know, your product out where it needs to go and you're worn out, burned out. Your family never sees you. We've all, we've all experienced that, but if you can see it coming, if you can never let it get to that place in the first place, because you are cognizant of what causes it, then you can avoid having that happened to you and, and really stress yourself out in such a horrible way that everyone around you suffers as well. Burnout is something to be avoided at all costs. And I'm sure that there are many books written about it. Um, certainly some of the things that I've done over the years are make sure that I have a personal project that I'm working on, um, all the time, something that fuels my fire that helps me keep going. Um, make sure that I have a day of rest every week. I, I personally made a decision to, um, take Sundays off. I've never, mm-hmm. um, never worked on Sunday. That is a day for my family and I, um, it's a day for me to reconnect and, uh, to just be quiet. And so mm-hmm. that's really helped me. And then setting boundaries and creating policies and then living with those and, and actually using them. Um, will allow you to not be taken advantage of by those who might be out there to do that. So those are just a few things that I would say have helped me along the way with that. Yeah. And even um, people will take advantage at times, not intentionally, but because we haven't, like if somebody had, I don't know, a car full of lobster, Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. and they said take what you want I'd fill my car up with their f- car and then if they drove away thinking she really took advantage of me no they said take what you want I want every lobster <laughs> you didn't set a boundary so you didn't right. say as the lobster provider you know what I have these lobsters I want to give them to as many people as I can and so I would say lobsters are like our personal resources our personal creativity you know, I want to make sure that I can share this with the world, but if I spread myself so thin and give 
you all the lobster and you all the lobster and you, I can't do it. It's math doesn't add up. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Setting boundaries, super important. Yeah. Cause I haven't, I, I love the expression. We teach people how to treat us. So do I. That's my oh, other favorite quote. I sisters. knew I liked you, Lucy. Yes, <laughs> Dr. Phil, we teach people how to treat us by what we allow them to get away with in our yes. lives. Yes. I actually learned that decades before Dr. Phil, when I was learning to set boundaries and say no with counselors and groups oh. and books and things. It was like, oh, you know, and I especially love that because it helps me not resent people. Absolutely. Because if, if I, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm -hmm. And if my, my no is a yes, and then I resent somebody, that is an energy shift that I, I don't need to feel that. I had, I had a manager back in my early days of working who um, was from Louisiana and he, and and something happened and he said, listen, Emery, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me for allowing it to happen again. So learn from this, learn from this. Don't, don't let people, you know, repeat, uh, you know, take advantage of you. It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's on you. That's on you to set a boundary. And I, I really listened to him and, and appreciate yeah. that wise yeah. counsel. That really brings me to the wisdom of having wise counsel and mentors, because like we talked about at the beginning, you don't know what you don't know. So you can identify some of the things that are messed up, but you need a fresh set of eyes to see the rest of it. So how right. do you feel about that, Lucy? I wish I had had more in the history mm-hmm. of my career. Uh, there were not the opportunities I would agree. there are now. And I think there was a lot more. Now, I think this industry, the part I've been involved in, the level of generosity of people just sharing everything they know. So I experienced that from when I joined uh, the my local photography chapter in, I think, 1985. Mm-hmm. However, first of all, I didn't ever, or not ever, but it was a long time before I fully understood the value invest, of investing. Mm-hmm. And how much more comes back to you? I always invested in conventions and West Coast School and things like that. But mm-hmm. hiring my own support, um, it was, you know, if I could have a do-over, I would get somebody to hold me accountable and help me have even more marketing ideas. Absolutely. And do them and get more of a team to help me get the word out about what I was doing with children. And I, I had lots of work and I've had a great life and, you know, I've got a home and savings and all that, but um, yes. And uh, yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about this. And of course, (laughs) eight years ago, I made the decision. It was time for me to officially mentor because I'm guessing you've always, it's just your personality. You're like me where you just, you want to help people. Yes. And um, I've been just delighted watching people grow so quickly with just good conversation, you know, six months or a year of, of uh, twice a month, having a great conversation with some goals and some teaching. Um, how much 
change can happen. It it's, and you know, what's happened with me now with I've hired coaches and, and programs and things uh, to, to grow my podcast, to create my podcast, to grow as a coach and a mentor and in my photography. So that was a lot of words. <laughs> I just said there, but it, they were all really valuable and really <laughs> seeking out a mentor or two. I most of the time have two going um, at the same time for different reasons. And I didn't start doing that until 2016. So from 2003, when I started my business until 2016, I was a busy mom of four kids. My husband traveled full time. I was in a, a smaller town outside of uh, the affiliate area. So couldn't really get to that meeting on Tuesday night, an hour and a half away. Um, so I didn't, I kept myself sort of um, aloof or not, not on purpose, but you know, just kind of separated from so much help. I would go to those yearly Imaging USA meetings and I would think, oh, this is amazing. I'm learning so much. I'm networking. I'm doing so many cool things. But then the rest of the year, I was like this lone island, you know, off by myself trying to figure it out with the benefit of photo vision. Remember photo vision? Oh, yeah. Uh, that would come. That was so helpful and, and really gave me so many ideas and resources. And then, you know, our, our monthly you know, professional photographer magazine would come and I would pour over that. Mm -hmm. But if I had had some boots on the ground who could have just, you know, really helped me move forward in some areas that I was lacking in or that I didn't even realize I was lacking in, um, that would have been so much more helpful. I, I don't know where I would be right now right. Um, if I'd had that. But regardless, it doesn't matter what happened in the past, right? It only matters what's happening now and into the future. So if, if that's been your life and your experience, if you're listening to this and thinking, I, if only, if only, if only, it's not too late. It's not too late to change and, and reach out and ask for some help in examining what your business is doing and what your, your photography practice is doing. Amen, sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think we could have another couple of hours of conversation, <laughs> but the clock on the wall says that's just about all we have time for. Um, but I have a couple, I have two questions for you. Sure. Actually two and a half or three. Okay. Okay. So I'm sure that people would like to get in touch with you, um, look up your work, mm -hmm. send you a, an email of appreciation. Would love What's it. the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. There is a contact form on my website, um, or you can just email me. So my website is www.lastingimagesaz, like Arizona.com, or okay. you can email me at hello at lastingimagesaz.com. Great. Well, hello. I like that word. <laughs> right? You can also follow me on Instagram at lastingimagesaz and message me that way if that's easier. All that good stuff. So I also know that you are generously offering a one hour teaching slash coaching session to a lucky winner. And so tell me what that would cover. And then I'll tell you how to uh, apply. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that we can do is really move the needle on our posing or our lighting or the way that we're creating our images um, or the way that we're putting them out there to the world. So I would love to be able to work with someone on um, their, the images that they've already created or a future project that they're looking to do and how to do that, how to start from the beginning 
and get to the, um, the finished result that they would like to have. So that uh, would be a, a really fun call that we could have together and learn, um, learn some things about how to make your business, well, not your business necessarily, but your images um, even more powerful and, and dynamic than they are now. Great. So the way to apply is to send an email to me, Lucy, with an I at lucydumas.com and say Anne-Marie coaching session or something so I know what this is about. And then what your biggest dream is for your business and what your biggest challenge is. And so if you send that to me, I'll do a drawing and I will let you know and I'll I'll let her know and um, all that good stuff. Okay, so my last question for you and just a reminder to my guests, I'm going to be doing a little wrap up like I do at the end every time. So stay tuned for that. And also just to remind you that I would love to support you. I am going to be starting my sales course again, a group coaching program in a few months. And whenever you're listening to this, know that there's always some opportunity that I want to offer um, you to learn more about the profitable photographer and how to be one. <laughs> Cause I love that. Um, so feel free to message me with the quick chat. I can send you a link and we can just get acquainted and, um, you know, no obligation. I'm not going to pressure you to, to hire me, but, uh, just to be of support to you. So what's your last word? If there's either something you wanted to share or, uh, something you want us to take away from today, what would that be? Anne Marie? I think it would have to be to let go of the fear, let go of whatever it is that's holding you back from moving forward into the place that you know in your heart you should be. So start looking at your business and at your photography practice, examine what's going on, examine how your clients are interacting with you and make some decisions about things that you can change or improve to make that whole experience better for you and for your clients. And I guess that's how I would wrap that up. Perfect. I love it. And I will say that um, those of us who have stayed in business for a long time, I venture to say we are constantly doing that. Absolutely. Yes. That um, like when I did weddings on the way home with my assistant and I had one of the 500 and some that I did over a 12 year period, uh, there was a gal that probably we did 200 or more together. Um, and we would always talk about what went well and what we could do better. Mm -hmm. And because of that, everything got smoother and smoother. I I guess we were doing those pain points. Yes, you were. Didn't even know it. Yes. Like the, one of the big ahas and I don't know, I'd probably done hundreds before I realized this, that the number one reason people are late is either the hairdresser makeup artist or Uh the florist and so I started coaching my brides to tell them that they needed to be done an hour before we really needed them to be done so that then they would be on time 
you know, just those little refinements can make that can everything be huge, right? On the day of, yeah. huge. Nothing worse than uh, everything all planned out. And then the bride is an hour late because. Absolutely. I did my share of weddings as well, Lucy. And I know exactly what you're saying. And, and uh, just having those little tweaks, those little hacks um, can make all the difference in your business. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anne-Marie. This is great to get to know you. And I'm looking forward to continued relationship and friendship. Uh, me as well, Lucy. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Like you said, I feel like we could go on for another couple of hours. So can't wait to see you in person someday soon. I should be at West Coast School next year. Awesome. Okie doke. Bye for now. Okay. So before I do a little wrap up of the lovely Anne-Marie Shoemate, um, I want to mention if people don't know, I love to teach. So if you have an organization that needs speakers, I of course love to talk on the topic of how to sell wall portraits in person, but I have some other things uh, that I have some expertise on too. So you can send me an email and I could send you a list. You can contact me on Facebook uh, with messaging and just say hi and, you know, whatever. So send up a, a carrier pigeon or sky riding or something. And I can travel to you, but I also am really happy to be on Zoom for people. And I love to be on other podcasts. So if there's one you think I would be a good guest on, please let me know and let the host know that you think uh, it'd be a nice fit. All right. So Anne-Marie with her bright eyes and smile, if you go look at her photograph, um, I really loved how she shared her heart for service and the, um, the importance of being analytical in our businesses, what works, what doesn't, and then how to resolve that. She called it the pain points in our business and how to fix it. And so we talked about uh, having limiting beliefs and that that can be our own personal roadblock to success. The desperation mindset that really resonated to me. And uh, her suggestion was to cultivate the awareness that there is enough for everybody and to breathe through that feeling. And um, honestly, if we can let that desperation go and live in the in a trust mindset that all will be well and all is well, then we're more magnetic for what we want. And then she, number two, she talked about clients and how important it is for us to basically have our act together, that clients can feel it if we don't feel confident or we're not prepared or uh, we're anxious or we, we forgot equipment or whatever might make us feel like we're not really up for the job, that creates an experience with our clients that is not ideal. So learning to, to um, first of all, confidence to me starts with being prepared and saying yes to those assignments that I know I can fulfill. 
So I don't take on something if it is not either something I have experience in or that I know I can make it work and make them really happy. Uh, she talked number three about uh, what we promise and what we deliver. And that if there's a disconnect, we need to figure out how to connect the level of service and quality and all of that. Limiting beliefs she talked about and that we need to look into what we need to know that we don't know about money. She mentioned uh, that it could be an issue holding us back on worthiness or fear or not having the support we need. And number six was a fear of hearing no. And we chatted about how actually that can be a gift to us because either we can learn what we could do better to get to yes, or we can be grateful that someone that isn't right for us, we're not right for them, that we don't get involved in a business relationship. And then I really loved, and I haven't had people talk about this much on my podcast, that we need to be careful of burnout. We need to have personal projects to keep us excited. We need to rest. We need to set boundaries. We need to have policies that keep us moving forward, but having a life around our business. And we talked about the importance of having wise counsel in our lives, mentors and other, other people, you know, not just photographers, but um, yeah, and you know, I'm all about that. And I shared that I wish I had hired mentors sooner um, because although I've made a great living in photography, I know I could have exceeded what I have accomplished if I had had more support uh, in those areas that are not my strong suit or that didn't used to be. And her last word was about letting go of fear, taking an honest look at where we want to be, what's holding us back, and how we can move forward. So thank you again, Anne-Marie, and I hope y'all get some good, deep thoughts out of this. I know in the conversation, it, it really sparked a lot that I care about. And um, yep, that's it for now. I always hate to say goodbye, so I always stall right here. <laughs> anyway, I'm the same when I tell my sister goodbye or other friends. I'm the last one to leave. <laughs> Anyway, so bye for now. Stay tuned. We've got some great guests lined up. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.